Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast and thanks so much for tuning in. Celebration Church is one church in 10 locations across Southeast Louisiana. We are all about changing lives, homes, our city, and the world through Jesus Christ. We hope that you're both encouraged and challenged by today's message. Welcome to our Celebration Church online service. We're glad you're here. Today we're continuing with our Transformed series. In our Transformed Spiritual Growth Emphasis, we're applying the principles of Romans 12.2 to seven key areas of our lives. And Romans 12.2, of course, says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind. That's what we're talking about. That's why it's called transform. Now today, we're talking about moving from stressed to blessed. We're talking about transforming our mental health. Do you know anyone who's been stressed out lately? I know a lot of people who've been stressed out for the last year since this pandemic began. And uh, I know it's particularly been hard for my friends who are part of the Flat Earth Society. They're afraid that all this social distancing is gonna push people over the edge. (laughs) I've got a friend who's a wildlife biologist and he says, even the fish are stressed out. I said, why are are they stressed out? He said, current events. (laughs) Now, current events are enough to stress anyone out these days. And stress is not only unpleasant, it's costly, and it's also unhealthy. Chronic stress is detrimental to our body-mind relationships and soul. You see, unmanaged stress can cause us to behave and think in ways we otherwise wouldn't. Stress can cause us to overeat or indulge in unhealthy food or drink. Stress can cause us to go to coping behaviors that aren't healthy, like, like drugs or alcohol consumption or immorality, or, or, or outbursts of anger or addiction. Stress can cause us to, to flip out, to snap at the people who are closest to us. Now, if you get one thing today, get this. We cannot control our circumstances. We cannot control every little stressor that comes into or out of our lives, but we can control our response. Listen, you can't control the coronavirus. You can't control the elections and you can't control the crazy events surrounding them, but you can control your character. And that's what the word of God is telling us here today. While we may not always be able to transform our circumstances, our character can be transformed. That's what the Lord wants us to do. The Lord wants to equip and enable us to overcome the stressors of our lives. Listen, if the Lord can transform my character, then what it means is that that it doesn't matter what life throws at me, what the world throws at me, what the devil throws at me, I can overcome. But understand this too, as long as All it takes is for you to get stressed out and blow up your progress. It doesn't matter what your goals are for physical health, for relational health, for financial health. That little bit of stress can come and blow up your progress. We have got to allow God to transform us from the inside out, to transform the way we think. We've got to allow him to move us from stressed to blessed. And so today we're going to see how scripture can help us do that. We're going to look at Psalm 23. I want you to follow along with me as I read. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. 
Listen, our world is stressful, but we don't have to be stressed out. We can allow the Lord to transform us by changing the way that we think. And so today we're going to reflect on Psalm 23 and how we can be transformed, how we can overcome the stress in our lives. We're going to give you six things today. The first one is this. We can overcome stress in our lives by looking to God to meet all of our needs. In that psalm we read earlier, David opened up by saying this, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. In 1991, a film called Fried Green Tomatoes came out, and uh, it follows the life of a, of a housewife named Evelyn Couch, and she's at the grocery store parking one day, and it's full, and she's waiting on a gentleman to back up so she can pull into the spot, but before she can, uh, a smaller car, a faster car with, with two young ladies swoops in and, and takes the spot. She was livid, and as these girls were walking into the grocery store, they said, face it, honey, we're younger and we're faster. And so she did what any of us would do. She got really mad. She revved up the engine, rammed into the car several times. And as these girls came out to see what was the matter, uh, she, uh, before she pulled off, she said, it, face it, ladies, I'm older and I have more insurance. Now, that insurance, it gives you a level of security. It gives you a level of confidence. And so when we have security, when we have confidence, then we feel like we can face anything. Now, people often base their sense of security on their job, their health, their marriage, or their financial resources, but this is problematic. We shouldn't base our security on things or people that can be taken away from us. David starts off this psalm saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, David would have had a lot of reasons for security. Number one, he was a fierce warrior. In addition, we don't know exactly when he wrote this, but conceivably it was sometime after he was anointed to be the king of Israel. And in his life, he would be the king of Israel, amazingly wealthy, had tens of thousands of soldiers who were loyal to him. And here, is, as, as David is proclaiming why he doesn't have to be afraid, it's not because he's the king, he has all this wealth, he has all this power, he has all this influence. No, his security comes from the fact that the Lord is his shepherd. See, in David's mind, even though he has wealth and power and influence, he's really just a sheep. The secret to security is seeing ourselves as sheep in need of a shepherd and God as that shepherd. Paul carried this over to the New Testament. We said, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Let me ask you, what are some things you've been stressing out over? And if you're watching this online with us live, maybe go ahead and put that in the chat box so that someone can be praying for the things stressing you out. Now, we overcome the stress in our lives by looking to God to meet our needs, but also by obeying God's instructions about rest. As our passage continues, David writes, He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. Now, I know some of you watching are thinking, I don't have time to rest. Your schedule is so busy, you get stressed out just thinking about how to squeeze in rest. You've got work that takes you late. You've got kids' activities or practices. You've, you've got typical household upkeep, and trying to think about how you're going to take a day to rest can feel overwhelming. You're living your life in a hurry, but the only place you're actually heading in a hurry is to an early grave. Yeah, I said that. It's hard. So much of our stress comes from being in a hurry all the time. 
Rest is essential. God's design for humanity involves rest. It's built into the seven-day week, right? In Exodus 34, the Bible says, you have six days each week for doing your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, you must stop working even during the seasons of plowing and harvest. That seventh day is called a rest. On our Sabbath day, we're supposed to rest our body, refocus our spirit, and recharge our emotions. You know, in some places in Israel, they're so stringent about observing Sabbath rules that on the Sabbath, the elevators will actually open on every floor of a building so that the person operating it doesn't have to perform the work of pressing the button. Now understand when I say this, when the Sabbath is about, is about resting, it doesn't mean do nothing. It means do the things that bring rest and refreshing and refocusing into your life. That's what this looked like for David. David was chilling out in green pastures and still waters. That's what it looked like for him to rest and refresh. Here's some things it may look like for you. You may need to get outside daily, especially if you're doing this work from home routine, especially if your whole day is sitting in front of screens. Take some time each day to get away from the screens, to get out into the real world, to be a part of God's creation. Another thing you need to do, spend time with God before we look at media. We live in a 24-hour news cycle. And so there's always some news story that's wanting to stress you out and blow up your heart. There's always something on social media that's wanting to get in your mind and kick around. There's always going to be that video game or, or Netflix show you're wanting to get to. Make sure you hear from the Lord before you hear from any of those sources. Number three, intentionally put beauty around you. They say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but I think a more accurate statement is beauty is in the eye of the creator. God has created the beauty of this world with the intent that it would be refreshing and restorative to your soul. Now, speaking of God's creation, can we take a minute to just revisit that? After the six days of God's creative activity, the Bible tells us in Genesis 2 about the seventh day. It says, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Why did God rest? Was he just tired out from those six, that six-day work week of working hard and creating stuff? No, God does not get tired. God is not in need of refreshing. He did it because it was right. He did it because it was holy. And so understand, taking a Sabbath isn't about whether you feel strong or weak. It's not about whether you feel tired or energetic. It's about pacing our lives. It's about something holy and righteous ordained and begun by God himself. Let me ask you, what's getting in the way of your taking a Sabbath? We can overcome stress in our lives by obeying God's instructions about rest, also by going to God for guidance. David continues in verse 3, he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Heard a story of a, an elderly nun who was on her deathbed, and, and there she was surrounded by her sisters, and, and her sisters really wanted her to wake up and gain just a little bit of strength so they could hear one final word of wisdom from her. And so they kept offering her a, a cup of warm milk to drink to regain some energy and possibly wake up, but she wouldn't drink it. And so finally, one of the sisters resorted to pouring a uh, a not modest amount of whiskey into the cup of milk. And, and so as they gave it to their amazement, the, the elderly sister who was on her deathbed, she, she sat up and, and she drank it and she guzzled it all down and, and one gulp. And they said, sister, please, please leave us with some wisdom before you go. And she said, don't sell that cow because of the whiskey. Your mileage from that joke may vary. Now understand, we all need guidance 
direction in our lives. And most of all, we need God's guidance in our lives as well. A common source of stress in our lives is indecision, is not knowing what decision to make. So let me ask you, where do you turn when you need guidance, when you need direction for your life? See, we need to make God our number one choice when seeking direction and wisdom for our lives. That's why the Bible tells us if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he is going to give it to you. So let me tell you how we seek out God's guidance. Number one, God gives his direction and wisdom as we read his word. You know, sometimes we go crazy looking for some kind of sign or answer that God has already given us in his word, in the Bible. Should you leave your spouse? Nope. Should you do business with that shady person? Probably not. Should you go ahead and lie to avoid unpleasant consequences? Survey says, no, you should not do any of those things. You don't have to look for a sign. God has already given it to you in his word. If you need wisdom, if you need the direction, this is where you need to be turning. Many of our answers are already in here. The second thing, we need to listen to his spirit. There are going to be moments in your life where the Holy Spirit impresses a course of action upon you. I think about the book of Acts. When, when Paul wanted to go to Asia, the Bible says the Holy Spirit prevented him. Why? Why would the Holy Spirit prevent him from going to Asia and sharing the gospel? Well, Paul and his companions later on went to Philippi. They began a new church that became a fruitful church, a glorious church. And if not for the intervention of the Holy Spirit, that might not have happened. We've got to follow. We've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. Number three, we've got to consult with mature Christians. One time my, my family was talking about taking a trip and, and riding on an airplane and I heard my kids talking about it from the other room and specifically I overheard one of my sons giving counsel to my daughter and I don't know what preceded it, but I know it perked me up. I heard him say, if you want a window seat on an airplane, what you do is you get onto the airplane and you yell, shotgun. Immediately, I knew that that was bad advice. Immediately, I knew I had to intervene into that situation and offer some wise direction. And listen, a lot of us are in a situation where we need someone with just a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more mileage of following Jesus in his history or her history to give us some direction and help us out. Now, let me go back to what David said. He said, he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. One reason you can trust God to give you guidance is because if God makes a fool of you, he'll be making a fool of himself. And God's not going to make a fool of himself. He guides you to bring honor to his own name. So what is some guidance that you need from the Lord? We can overcome stress in our lives by going to God for guidance, also by trusting God in the dark valleys. This is where a lot of folks struggle and let stress overwhelm them. David said, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Other translations of the Bible call this the valley of the shadow of death. Now, we're not talking about Death Valley, Tiger Stadium, and Baton Rouge. We're talking about dark times of our lives. One of the common sources of stress is loss, is this valley of the shadow of death, the loss of finances, loss of health, loss of jobs or relationships. And there are two primary reactions to going through loss. There's fear and there's grief. Now, neither of those is pleasant, but one is healthy and was one is unhealthy. Processing through grief, that's a healthy thing. We need to do that. Caving into fear, that's an unhealthy thing. Let's look at what the Bible says. The Bible says about grief, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, 
He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Paul writes, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Now, Paul is not saying we don't grieve, but what he's saying is we grieve as people with hope. David is saying the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. What they're saying, they paint a picture of grief. There's nothing that's going to make grief pleasant, but going through grief should draw us close to God and inspire new hope. If you're denying your grief, you may well be missing God. The Bible also speaks about fear. The Bible tells us we need to fight against fear. The Lord told Joshua, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, there's a, a season of my life where it was my job to climb up on the scaffold about 20, 25 feet in the air and change out lights. And it was hard because I'm actually pretty scared of heights. And so I'd go up on this rickety aluminum scaffold that would shake the whole time. And, and so one day I was changing the lights alone and I got finished and I was ready to, to come down and I got to the edge of the scaffold and it began to shake and I froze and I couldn't move. And fortunately, about 45 minutes later, someone else just happened to walk in and they held the scaffold where I could get down. I was grateful because if, if they hadn't come, I might still be up there today. I mean, I was frozen. I was overwhelmed with fear. And I understand that our world is scarier than ever before. I understand sometimes we feel overwhelmed with fear. David wrote in another Psalm, Psalm 142, when I'm overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Our fear, these overwhelming times, they ought to push us towards the Lord. Let me ask you, what are some dark valleys you need to trust the Lord in? We can overcome stress in our lives by trusting God in dark valleys, also by letting God be our defender. David continues in verse 5, You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Now, I really try to stay away from that word enemy, because I think the devil tricks us into thinking that people are our enemies when in fact the devil is our enemy. But one thing I do know is we all experience conflict and that conflict can cause some serious stress, can it? Conflict is a major source of stress in our lives, but we handle rude and hostile people by letting God handle them. David also wrote in Psalm 18, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. Right now, someone's thinking, wow, how many Psalms did David write? 73. He wrote about half of them. Now, here's the thing. If the valley of the shadow of death is where we feel overwhelmed, then dealing with enemies and problematic people is where we like to take things into our own hands. David's counsel to us is don't do that. Don't take it into your own hands. The Lord is his defender and he should be our defender. David's counsel to us is when your enemies, when your problem people rise up, it's time for you to sit down and let God handle it. It takes a lot of faith and humility to trust God and not defend ourselves when we're being maligned, misunderstood, and misjudged. We need to remember that Jesus never retaliated though against his critics. And we are all like Jesus when we are silent while enduring criticism. The Apostle Peter says, If you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. We can overcome stress in our lives by letting God be our defender and finally by expecting God to finish what he starts in us. We overcome stress by expecting God to finish what he starts in us. David concludes this psalm by writing in verse 6, 
Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You see, David was looking forward to something. He saw a future that was better than the valley of the shadow of death. Now, this is a point where our faith and our fear tend to collide. You see, fear of the future causes a lot of people to live stress-filled lives. There's this tension between our, our, our faith and our fear. We think, well, I know God has provided for me yesterday and up to today, but will he tomorrow? I know that God has delivered me every step of the way so far, but will that continue beyond? There's this tension between our faith and our fear uh, with the future, but we can look at our futures with faith instead of fear. Paul said this, I'm certain that God who began a good work in you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Interestingly, Paul's promise isn't that our futures will be easy. In fact, it's quite the opposite. His promise is that God will continue making us like Jesus and that hard times will come as a matter of shaping us to be like Jesus. You see, God is like a great sculptor and out of your life, he is attempting to sculpt the image of Jesus, hammering, chiseling, and just the right way each strike painful though it may be, bringing us closer and closer to the image of Jesus. The hammering, the chiseling are painful but worthwhile, and they only stop when the work is complete. To want anything less than that is to say, I love what Jesus can give me, what he can do for me, but I'm not interested in being like him, and I'm not interested in pleasing the Lord. Why would we be willing to endure hardship, ever-increasing hardship, because this life and this world were never to be our focus. Because of our relationship with Jesus, we can ultimately look forward to a future in heaven. Paul said we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Have you ever gone on a trip or vacation and you check into a hotel and you know you're not gonna be there longer than a couple days or, or maybe even a week and, and you check in at the front desk and they give you your room key. You go on up to the room and you try to get the room key to work and eventually it opens and you open up the door, you flip on the lights, you look around and have you ever thought, wow, those drapes just won't do. I've got to go to Bed Bath & Beyond and replace them. No! Because you're only going to be there for a short amount of time. Why would you invest your money, your life into changing something that's in, in, into changing something that's only meant to be temporary that you're going to get through? And, and here's what I want to tell you. Our citizenship is not of this world. It's in heaven. It means we don't have to be stressed out, bothered, disrupted by the temporary matters of this life. You don't have to let them get to you because our future, our citizenship is in heaven. So let me ask you, in what respects do you need faith? instead of fear as you think about the future. Now, the psalm we read today is considered one of the greatest psalms of peace in the whole Bible. And you think, how is that possible? I mean, here's David who, he was fighting giants when he was just a teenager. He was on the run for his life because the king of Israel was jealous and wanted to kill him. He lost relationships. He, he had a moral failure and, and had an affair and he actually killed the husband of the woman he had an affair with. And, and he saw plagues come upon his kingdom and, and his own children, one son actually turned on the other and killed him. And, and his, his son actually performed a violent insurrection and ran him out. I mean, this was a guy who had a dramatic life. How did he come to write a psalm that is maybe a, the greatest psalm of peace in the Bible? Well, the secret is this. 
Stress is situational. Blessing is existential. There's always going to be a stressor in our life, but we can always move from stress to blessed when we renew our mind. Jesus in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he said this, Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think most of us can identify with that phrase from Jesus. We are, in fact, carrying heavy burdens. And Jesus says, come. Some of you need to come to the Lord. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Maybe you have, but in this crazy season, you've gotten away from the Lord. Listen, you need to come to the Lord. Jesus says, take. Take his yoke upon you. What is a yoke? It's a device that binds two animals together and helps them share the load. Jesus wants to share your load. And Jesus says, learn. Some of you are stressed out beyond belief, but there is a better way. You're doing the best you can with what you know how, but it's time to learn that better way and find rest for your soul. Almost a year ago, our church lost a great man named Ted Asperdides. He'd been an elder in our church and was a faithful member of our church for, for many, many years. But prior to that, he didn't know the Lord and he was stressed out about the business that he owned and was leading. He was so worried and stressed out about that business that he would wake up in the morning and the sheets would be wet because he was sweating all through the night. That's a lot of stress. But that's when he finally listened to his wife who had been telling him he needed Jesus. And so he accepted Jesus. He came to Jesus. He took Jesus's yoke and he learned a better way. And he went on to influence our whole church and many, many others for Christ. Listen, when we're yoked with Jesus Christ, we move together in the same direction at the same pace. That is how we move from stressed to blessed. Today, I wanna to encourage you to come to Jesus you may need to surrender your life to Jesus. Today, I wanna to encourage you to take Jesus's yoke upon you. That may mean getting baptized or getting connected or, or a part of a, a life group. Today, I wanna to encourage you to learn. That may involve getting into a transformed group or, or, or going through some discipleship classes. And, and let me encourage you, once you make a decision to come, take and learn, tell someone about it. Comment on this video. Go to webcc.info so that we can help you Come, take, and learn. Right now, I want to pray. If you would, wherever you are, just bow your heads, close your eyes, unless you're driving. But there may be some listening to this who've never come to Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer where you can express that, where you can come to Jesus, and then I want to pray for the rest of you. But if you need to come to Jesus, maybe you need to surrender your life, or maybe you've been away from him for a while and it's time to come home, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I've made mistakes and I ask you to forgive me. I believe you're the son of God and the savior of the world, that you love me, that you died for me and you rose to new life. So I'm asking you to come into my life. I want you to be my Lord. I need you to be my shepherd and I will be your follower, your subject. Lord, fill me with your presence and your power. Provide a home for me in heaven when I die. And Lord, help me move from stressed to blessed. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, 
I need you to tell someone about it, either by commenting on this video or going to webcc.info. But I wanna pray for the rest of you who are with us today. Lord, we know that there are so many stressors in our lives and in our world, but we don't have to be overcome and overwhelmed by that stress. So Lord, my prayer for, for everyone watching, for everyone listening, is that we can move from stressed to blessed by following the pattern that David gave for us today. Lord, help us to depend on you for our needs. Help us to obey you when it comes to our rest. And Lord, help us to trust in you for our future. Help us to trust in you when we walk through dark valleys. Help us to trust in you for our provision. Help us to trust in you when rude, arrogant people attack us for our faith. And Lord, help us to focus on the prize of eternity. Remind us that this world and all that it offers is fading away. Let us be focused on eternity, on the future you offer to us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Again, thanks for listening to the Celebration Church Podcast.